Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. On the show today, we're going to have a guy, Dave Baker is his name. He has a website. It focuses on a lot of things animal, but one thing I really love about the website is it talks about pet food recalls, and it lists all the pet foods, Ooh. all of the pet foods. Any pet food that you, you could imagine is listed there, whether it's been recalled in the history of the food. And I think this is really the only collection of this kind of database of information that's yeah. really public. And uh, so he'll be on the show in just a couple of minutes with us. Also, Clint Eastwood's daughter, Allison Eastwood, will be back. And as if you might remember, she loves fostering animals. Oh, she's a big animal lover. She's up to some new stuff, including a fundraiser, I believe. And I believe her dad, Clint, has also uh, just adopted some foster animals. So we'll find out about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Miss Lori Brooks in the newsroom. What's going on today? Well, if you got a cat, hoping that that was going to help you stay mice-free around your home, Uh you might have to get something else. In fact, the, the experts say you definitely will, and and we'll tell you what that is. Two? This uh, something else, by the way, is is furry and has four legs. Two cats. Two Yay! cats. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the way. First, your calls, and we're going to Donna. Hi, Donna. Hello. How are you? Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, I love you guys. Well, so what's going on with your animals? I have a Chihuahua, and she does this excessive licking and kissing. Okay. Oh and um, she's getting rust spots. I call them rust spots, like okay. under her arms where she's been licking so much. Yes. Yeah, so does she have any sores in those areas or do you just see the discoloration? No. I just see the discoloration. Okay. So, yes. Because she's, she's bored? <sighs> Unlikely. So I think a lot of times we kind of think dogs lick excessively for various reasons, sometimes for attention or being bored. And, and, you know, the reality is it's a symptom. So excessive licking is a symptom of something. The trick is to figure out what it is. And in your pet's particular case, you know, obviously she's not in front of me. I would have to examine her to know more. But there's some broad categories that I really look at um, when I have a pet that looks like what you're describing. Um, so there's kind of three basic categories that I look at. Um, the first one is things like parasites, things like fleas, um, wow. or microscopic parasites like mites. And these are things that can be oh, evaluated okay. and treated for pretty readily um, by your veterinarian. So that would be number one. The second thing would be infections. So um, infections can sometimes occur on their own, but sometimes happen secondary to something else. And when we see that, we might see sores, we might see redness, we would have maybe an odor. And depending on the type of infection, we may need to treat with antibiotics, we may need topical sprays, or shampoos or even an anti-yeast medicine. So it kind of depends where we fall. But the third thing, and I'd say the most common thing here in my practice right now, is allergies. And we definitely can see um, problems with allergies either year-round or seasonal, so meaning at different parts of the year. And Mm -hmm. that can cause a pet to be very itchy, scratchy as well. 
and that's something that we might address in a quick fix kind of situation, like using maybe either a steroid or the new medicine called Cytopoint, um, which is an injection for itching. Um, that can give some quick relief. And then we look at, okay, what do we need to do strategy-wise if it's allergies for the long haul? And that might be, you know, maybe some long-term medicines, fatty acids, diet changes, so I'd have to say in your situation, Donna, we could kind of go in different ways here. Um, and unfortunately, with radio, we haven't figured out a way for me to view <laughs> that's through the, the radio. But have you gone to the vet? That's my first question, though. No, I'm, no, I'm getting ready to take her because I'm going to get her spayed. Okay, good. Well, those would be the things that I would have you ask specifically about is whether they think it could be some kind of infection, maybe a parasite, or maybe, you know, do we need to address allergies and some relief for that? So that's just kind of, kind of streamlines it a little bit. And it may be something that they want to treat her skin before we talk about putting her through a surgery because we want good, healthy skin, especially in the spay area before we go through that kind of sterile surgery. So that might be something also to, um, you know, question your veterinarian about whether they want to do that surgery right away. But people keep on telling me that chihuahuas lick excessively, kissing your face, licking you, licking your hands, licking your feet. Mm -hmm that they do this excessively. And she did not do this excessively. Okay, you know. well, and so there's licking oneself and then licking inanimate objects. So if she's licking herself where she's got, like, this, this staining on her fur, I first mm-hmm. look at her as, you know, is there a medical cause for that? Yes. Okay. There are dogs that definitely have some behavioral traits where they will do excessive licking. Um, and I see that maybe some in chihuahuas, but I see it a little bit more in poodles. <laughs> Miniature poodles are probably the poster child for excessive licking. Um, and some of those dogs will lick the humans. They'll lick the furniture nearby them. They'll lick the air. And they can do that for various reasons. Um, sometimes it can actually be a medical problem, like a stomach problem. And they do that um, kind of as a way of uh, releasing more saliva, which helps to calm their stomach and gives them some stomach relief. Other times it can be like a obsessive compulsive problem where they do that because they can't kind of figure out a way to cope with their anxiety. And so so that's a little bit different kind of situation than what we were talking about with her licking herself. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, so that might be something else if you find that she's licking everything under the sun, (laughs) that we look at that. Um, But it is hard because, you know, if we've got a skin problem, sometimes that lick desire, you know, it it makes her feel good. And licking can be a really rewarding thing. It it kind of releases dopamine. So kind of like, you know, an addict that goes back for another fix. Dogs with, you know, some of these different skin problems or obsessive compulsive disorders lick because it it starts to feel good for them. So. Oh, okay. So before we say she needs a psychological adjustment, let's get her a medical <laughs> check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Donna, for your call. I had a cat, and it licked the, the cement, uh, the uh, concrete, and we found out that it was anemic and that it was yes. looking, yeah, what needed well, that's some kind of... a little of, different. Yeah. yeah, so when we start licking soil or um, the ground or, or like concrete, that usually makes us more worried about some kind of deficiency and like mm. an iron deficiency anemia is usually the cause of that. Um, so that would be a very extreme case of excessive licking on a specific item. Um, you know, there's a lot of cats that like to lick plastic bags. It doesn't mean that they have a problem. It's just kind of their little fetish that they like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like what they're licking. That's really helps us to decide if it's important or not. And let's take another call for the good doctor, Dr. Debbie. We have Jim on the phone. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Well, I got a lopsilopsil that's got 
I don't know if it's got fleas or I don't know if it's a diet because he's itching and scratching and biting himself till he gets really raw. What parts of his body is he doing that on? Normally it's like his rear legs back in the hind area mm-hmm. and underneath his leg. Well, I mean, what part of the country are you calling from? This is, uh, I, I live in a little town in Newbury Park, California, Southern California. Oh, okay. That's right. You said that. Okay. Yeah, it's like so, yeah. Like the food or something. I, like, I don't know, because I tried that, um, that stuff you put a drop on their collar or something. Okay. Yeah, and the big thing is that when we're talking about the causes of itching, um, one of the first things in many parts of the country we really have to address very aggressively is flea control. And, um, you know, in most places where there's humidity, moisture, and we have temperate uh, tem- temperatures that are calm in the summer months, you know, we're going to have problems with fleas. And they are just a huge problem in that one bite can cause an itch response that can last for days, weeks. So it's it's hard sometimes to see these little critters, and they only spend a very small proportion of their time on the pet. And um, so we need to do a very good vigilant flea control. That might be something like a spot-on product that you sound like sounds like you may have been doing. Um, but it also is going to require um, finding out a little bit more about what's going on in your pet's skin. And uh, when we're talking about allergies, that can be a huge cause of itching. And there's food allergies, which are related to the proteins that they're taking in and that a pet can be sensitive to those, um, as well as inhalant or environmental allergies. So there's kind of this whole bag we kind of classify as allergies, but they can be from different types of situations. So food allergies, yes, can cause itching, and it's probably one of the more common things in my area that cause itching in the Las Vegas area. Um, But we also want to look for things like those fleas as well as infections, yeast, bacterial, um, and other types of processes that can be going on. So uh, for me, I would take a look at your baby. I would do a nice physical exam, look through their fur. If there's any redness or sores or moisture on the skin, I'd like to sample that because that gears us towards the right medications if we need to go there. Um, so I think that you're going to need to get at least some veterinary guidance on this from someone who can put their eyeballs on your dog, and we can work right. through that. Um, some of the simple things that we can try, at least until you can get to the vet's office, are going to include using things like antihistamines. Um, most dogs can tolerate things like Benadryl, chlorpheniramine, uh, which are antihistamines that can help with the itch response. Um, so that can be something that can be used, as well as... Give them like a Benadryl? Yeah, yeah. Most dogs can take Benadryl. There can be some sensitivities for some pets that have seizure disorders and things like that. But you will want to confirm that and check with your veterinarian to make sure your pet can take that and that that would be appropriate. But that would be something they can guide you through. Um, the other thing that you can do is to use topical therapy. And just like a person when you got, like, say, uh, chicken pox and you're itching really bad, you can take an Aveeno bath, an oatmeal bath, and there are products that have the similar ingredient that can be soothing to a pet. Um, and it can last for about two to three days. Then the benefit wears off and you got to do it again. So colloidal oatmeal, shampoos, conditioning sprays, things of that nature would be something you can look for. And that might help at least get you through that point until you can get to that veterinary office and uh, you see what your particular situation is. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. 
They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between those video chat sessions and lap sitting. Red Barn Chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, this is Maya Bialik on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. Just a couple of minutes. Robert Semro with Five Dangerous Pet Poisons found in every home five dangerous pet poisons found in every home every every home wow yeah and i would i would guarantee yes that beyond five um (laughs) you probably have more than that in your house sure i can think of five just off the top of my head and i'm so uh robert's right around the corner with that uh dave baker next hour was going to tell us about his website and pet food recalls and in just a couple of minutes allison eastwood clint eastwood's daughter a big animal fanatic joins us for her second time here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on? Oh, got a great story coming up. Uh, you know, all animals actually, and every human too, eventually will leave this planet. But what uh, somebody did to tribute their dog, probably one of the most special things ever. Okay, I can't wait. To I don't hear. know that it's legal or sanitary, <laughs> but we'll tell you what it is. Okay, now you got our interest. <laughs> okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. Hey, John. Hi there. Good well, afternoon. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a, a, a five-year-old English bulldog. His name's Bodie. He's my rescue. He's deaf. But he's just all of a sudden done something totally out of the normal. He's licking the air. And he's going around in circles, and I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm, I'm scared it's a seizure. I don't know what's going down. Okay. So when he's uh, going around in circles, is it only to one direction, or does it vary? Yes, yes only one direction. Only, only okay. to the right side. Only to the right. And what else is he, anything else while he's spinning? Is he, is he licking while he's spinning, or is he just he's licking, spinning? He's licking while he's spinning. I mean, and the tongue is coming out farther than I, you know, that he does when he drinks water. I mean, it's out there. Okay, and how long does this last? Uh, it could go on for uh, a couple minutes. Okay, and then what does he do afterwards? Barks. <laughs> <laughs> you said barks, not farts, right? No, barks. He barks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> we know bulldogs do a lot of the other two. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he just he's like he's angry that he just had this happen to him type of thing. Okay. Now, and when this is happening, does he do anything with his head as far as any head shaking, twitching, no, any kind of no, movements? No, nothing okay. like that. I tried to I tried to hold him when he's when he's doing the the licking thing, so he doesn't start moving around. It's it's just it's it's frightening because it's out of nowhere. You know, he's he's sitting there lying perfectly still on the ground like he normally does, and all of a sudden he rips up, starts licking the air, 
and he starts going to the right-hand side, and, and like he's trying to get something. Yeah, I'd have to agree that to me this sounds like a form of a focal seizure, so not so much like the grand mal seizure that you know epilepsy is so typically associated with, but yeah, um, the kind of like the licking seizures, we see that quite a bit. Um, some dogs will even have just like one muscle or one body part will twitch or have a repetitive motion. Um, so that would be my first thought. Now, some of the other things, I do occasionally see dogs that do excessive licking, and they might spin um, kind of associated with it, GI disease, so gastrointestinal disease. Um, that is a little bit different, and I kind of uh, do a little bit more of a workup looking into the intestinal problem, things like inflammatory bowel disease and so forth. Um, but usually those pets also have some GI signs, so we have you know problems with vomiting, diarrhea, uh, problems absorbing their food, etc. So I'm going to say seizures t- number one on my list, GI disease is number two. Number three at the very bottom, um, some ob- obsessive of compulsive disorders. Um, the only reason I'd say that's at the bottom of my list is because um, the licking by itself could certainly be obsessive compulsive, but it's kind of the manner in which it occurs that I really look okay. at. Um, and if from what you're describing, it sounds more like a, it's like a fugue. It, it's something that's coming over him and then it leaves. So it's not something that's continuing persistent where he licks everything. Um, so so are, you, are you telling me to, to change his diet up again? Well, that's one possibility if we're talking GI-caused problems. Now, for me, I would say the number one thing I would talk to your vet about is trying a anti-seizure medicine trial um, because many of these type of problems will go away uh, with a short time on some anti-seizure medicine. So there's lots of good ones out there, phenobarbital, uh, zonisamide is a nice one as well. Um, And that will be actually the test, really, is to see, you know, does this go away with the seizure medicine? If so, you've got a seizure problem, and then, um, you know, we've got a clear answer there of what we need to do. Excellent. I appreciate your help, man. It's really because this is really using my love of my life. I really appreciate you helping me. Yeah, that must be scary when that happens. You don't know what's happening. It's out of the clear blue sky, and I've never seen it before in my life. So yes, you're absolutely right. John, we wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know if we need to follow up on that. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats. Horse or emu, animals are people too. Things looked bad for Sharon Lorio. She had lost control of her car on a curve, rolled down a hill, and was thrown from her car in a heavily wooded area in Georgia. Then things looked even worse when out of nowhere came a large fairy animal. Sharon was bruised and covered with blood and was now afraid she was going to be eaten by some wild animal when a friendly dog walked over to her and licked her face. The 70-pound dog then pulled her by her shirt collar, dragged her for about 50 yards through briars to the highway, and let her lean against them so she could flag a passing motorist. The wayward dog, now named Hero, was then taken to the animal shelter where his owners declined to take him back because he was always wandering off. Sharon wanted to adopt him, but she already had six dogs. But don't worry, so far 50 people have expressed interest in adopting Hero. But he's meeting with a trainer for the chance to work as a rescue dog, something he loves doing naturally. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, if you rescued a cat to help you fend off mice, you might need to get a dog, too. Add that to your menagerie. Well, because uh, an international team of researchers is now saying that they have found the combination of dogs and cats together will reduce the number of rodents foraging in and around homes and storage buildings. Cats and dogs have, of course, been long-time rivals in most cases, but when they team up, they keep rodents away better. This according to a University of Florida researcher at the Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. Now, they're telling us that Dogs or cats by themselves usually are not going to help you get rid of the mice on your farm or in your home, not pest rodents anyway. But then again, did you know, not all rodents are pests. For example, scientists consider squirrels, beavers, and cotton rats to really be pretty helpful to the environment. In this study, scientists, however, studied the common pest rodent, which lives in your house or eats farm crops when they're in storage and is usually not native to the area where it is found. By the way, they also studied the fear factor in rodents. Researchers wanted to know if rodents were afraid to forage where cats and dogs together were present. And indeed, they were more fearful than if it was just dogs or cats in that area where nuisance rodents scavenge for food. And in some cases, they do spread disease. Well, you know the bond that you have with your own pets at home. You know, house pets. You love them. They're family. Can you imagine the bond that would develop if you worked for years in a war zone and that dog saved your life every day as a bomb detection dog? Exactly. Hmm. You know what I'm thinking. A veteran who served in Afghanistan understandably formed this super strong bond with Treo, a black lab who worked by his side in the British military for many years. And then when they both retired, gotta love this handler, he adopted Treo and the two lived out their lives in peace until at the age of 14 when Treo passed away a few years ago. His handler's name is Dave and he knew after Treo passed exactly what he wanted to do as a tribute to his fur kid. He decided to get a tattoo of Treo's paw print and a poem on his calf, his lower leg. But that wasn't all. You see, Treo's dad and handler, Dave, also asked the tattoo artist if he would mix in some of Treo's ashes in the ink wow. so that Treo wow. would forever be a part of him. Isn't that, that cool? Oh, that is so awesome. I, God, I, I like that idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> I might I have just... to. I'll think about that for myself. Huh. Well, I, I See, love I those up. that cremation jewelry that they have oh, you yeah. know, where it's just uh-huh. a little bead or something and you put the a little bit of the ashes in there. That always makes me feel a little yeah. better. I'm allergic to gurney, so one of that would be like an oh. in, in eternal, you know, <laughs> allergies, you know, as my soul lived on sneezing and living on an inhaler. Maybe it'll build up your rene- your resistance that's, for the next gurney. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Listen, after as many years as I've been with this bird and I haven't built up a tolerance by now, um, I, I doubt it. I love that idea. I think that is so awesome. I think I might it have is. to steal it. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to this guy that's made a website, really cool website, that will tell you if your food that you're feeding your animals has ever, ever been recalled. Ever? Ever been recalled. Wow. And if so, what the recall was about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of neat because I've looked at all the foods that uh, we have fed our animals and some of them have been recalled before. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but there's some that have not, that have pristine records. And those are the ones that you'll want to know about and you'll hear about them with this guy coming up in just a few minutes. Right now we head to Allison Eastwood on the phone. Hi, Allison. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Set the scene. Are the animals around you? <laughs> Actually, yes. There is a cat behind me having his late breakfast, and uh, there's some uh, foster puppies out in the front yard playing in the Aww. sunshine. So, You are into your foster animals. Let me tell you that right now. Of course, you have the website uh, fosterforkids.com. What are people yeah. going to find there? Is that a way to, to hook up with animals that need fostering? Yeah. um, My rescue partner and I, uh, you know, after doing years of rescue now and really seeing the need to try to get more people out there to help us foster and save lives, we came up with this idea to do sort of a an informational free website for rescue shelters and then people who might want to foster or transport as well. So um, it's just a great way to connect people uh, via your zip code so you can find people in your area, you know, who, um, you know, might be doing rescue or, or need fostering and and put people together. You know, I'm one of those foster failure guys. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, we we love that and we also hate it because obviously if you foster fail, you don't have, you don't have as much room to take in more fosters, but it's so great, you know, to fall in love with with a foster baby. How is your organization funded? Um, we're funded through donations. Uh, we usually do several uh, fundraisers a year. We've actually got one coming up May 5th here in Hollywood. Um, at a art gallery that we've done now for um, three, this will be our third annual. So we're excited to be doing that, and and then donations from generous people who love animals and want to support. So you're not the only one in the family that does rescues and fostering. It looks like your dad, Clint Eastwood, just got two rescue puppies. 
Yeah, well, they they weren't puppies, but yes, he did rescue a Chihuahua or or adopt a Chihuahua from the uh, <laughs> from the AS uh, the SPCA there. Yeah, we're we're just picturing this: a tough guy, big clean yeah. Eastwood with a Chihuahua. I would have suspected he would have been at least a lab guy yeah. or something like that. But a Chihuahua, yeah. really? Okay. Well, they've got a couple big dogs that his girlfriend had before they, you know, started dating, and then they've now, you know adopted they actually rescued a dog another chihuahua mix is you know as i don't know if your your listeners know but we have a terrible problem in southern california and california in general with with chihuahuas and overpopulation so they actually rescued a dog from like a parking lot up in los banos which is a very rural farming community and uh no microchip, no collar, couldn't find any sort of owner. So that, that dog just won the lottery. <laughs> Lives in Carmel Valley with my dad and his girlfriend. So <laughs> That's wow. great. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and that, that points out something really important here, and that is, you know, I still see and still hear about people that will go to a breeder and they will buy a chihuahua. They, they don't realize <sighs> that they can foster, they can uh, go to a chihuahua rescue, they can find these and young ones, too. And there's organizations now that are taking animals from, like, Southern California, because we have such an excessive amount of chihuahuas, and taking them to New York and other states so they can be adopted where there's a need for them. There's, they don't yeah. have the abundance. Yeah. We just sent 25 to British Columbia, so wow. we've been sending them all over, and I've got... Uh, I've got a couple probably going to Seattle um, this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, we we send them away a lot because there isn't uh, the small dog overpopulation problem in a lot of these states. So, mm-hmm. Do you think it was the Taco Bell campaign that influenced that? Seriously. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sad. I think it is. Taco Bell, I think. There, you know, there was Beverly Hills Chihuahua, yes. which yes. is a big movie with George Lopez. And we've actually been, I've worked on a campaign called Save the Chi, which is on Facebook. And George Lopez sort of lent his support to it because, yeah, I mean, the, the Taco Bell. And then if you remember the heiress, Paris Hilton was walking around uh-huh. with little tiny teacup chihuahuas for a long time. And I think all of the different media and exposure and people making it sort of a very popular breed ended up causing this massive explosion of uh, a backyard breeding and people just, you know, wanting to have chihuahua puppies. So it's been it's been tough for them, poor guys. Well, you've done a fabulous job, and thank you so much for what you're doing with the foster animals. And I encourage listeners to check out fosterfurkids.com as well as eastwoodranch.org. Uh, that's the organization, right? That's the uh... yes. That's our website, and that you can find the fur kids there as well. But you can also check out fosterfurkids.com and you know sign up. It's it's completely free, and and the it's a secure website. Your information's secure, and then you can be in touch with people in your community and help save lives. It's tempting. I know. I'm looking at Hal going. <laughs> we have enough studio animals here. Okay, <laughs> Allison. We hope to do this again soon. Thanks so much for visiting with us. Thank you. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls next. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly. 
the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. What kind of critter do you have? Uh, she's a black lab. She's almost, she'll be five in July. And awesome. All right. I'm a black lab lover myself. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> We've got a little problem with her old, being overweight. Okay. She's about 90 pounds. Okay. But she rides, she's been riding with me in the truck over the road since she was six weeks old. And I okay. try to exercise her every day, throwing the tennis ball like five or six times a day. We do that. I mean, she runs and runs and runs and she just keeps on putting the weight on. All righty. Well, I mean, so at the other times of the day, then she's riding with you and just kind of sedentary, kind of chilling? Right. Okay. Well, and that I'm sure is, I mean, I don't know, maybe I need some more info from my trucker friends here as far as, I mean, that's probably a, a huge problem you have for sitting, you know, in your cab all that time and the pet's just just like you, you know? Um, right. So the big thing I would have to say is being a Labrador, um, uh, now I always talk body condition, so numbers to me don't always ring as true, um, but if she's a 90-pound and you can say as her father, you could say, yeah, she's heavy, <laughs> then, then I trust that um, because the body condition is by far more meaningful than any number on the scale. So if you put your hands on her chest and you feel like some uh, fatty resistance before you can actually feel ribs, you know, then we then we're talking that yeah, we're carrying extra weight there. And if we don't have a nice little uh, inward turning hip when you look at the top view of your dog or the side view, um, then yeah, then we're probably in the overweight category there. So yeah. the big challenges for you would be um, you know limiting calories and then increasing your exercise. So I like the idea that you have tried uh, doing uh, retrieving and playing ball because that is a great way to help expend energy. Um, so we want to remember that for the same kind of formulas for us, about 30 minutes to 60 minutes of continual exercise. So ball playing may not be able to <laughs> fill up that whole time, but leash walking um, and other types of physical activity, swimming would be wonderful. Um, those kind of things. Swim. Yeah, and you know what? That's such it. It exhausts them. It really burns up the calories very wonderfully. So uh, swimming and retrieving for me would be some of the big ways to kind of help burn down her energy level, um, kind of tire her out, and then maybe also supplement that with a little bit of walking, leash walking along the way. Um, right. But calorie wise, we really got to watch what you're putting in the in the the doggy's gullet. Um, so if if we need to get on a serious weight loss program, then I like to go into some of the therapeutic uh, weight loss diets. Well, um, I've switched her over to a, a, a healthy weight and more expensive stuff. And yeah. I only give her a half, uh, one cup in the morning and one cup about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. Okay. Now, I'm going to caution you because with some of the, you know, there's some great foods out there on the market that are marketed as a weight loss diet. The problem that I have is that for real true weight loss, we really ought to have um, your veterinarian involved in kind of supervising that. The problem becomes when we take weight loss foods that are sold on the general market and we restrict the volume for our pets, we can actually cause problems. 
um, by decreasing the amount you feed, you can limit not only the calories she's taken in, but also the nutrients. So we don't want her to be um, nutrient deficient, and we also don't want her to end up feeling hungry and unsatisfied. So uh, I would certainly uh, check with some of the different local vets in your areas what kind of prescription weight loss foods they have. There's different ones by Purina, Science Diet, Royal Canin, Iams. There's oodles out there, but really to get on one that is that is made for weight loss. And the idea is those foods have higher fiber. They may be supplemented with carnitine to help burn fat. Um, and those are going to be my best recommendations for diet. And we really look for maybe only 1% to 2% body weight loss per week. So we're going for gradual. We don't want to make her hungry and make her frustrated in any way. Um, the other thing you might look into, um, and for any retriever especially, I'm always suspect with this if we're talking weight issues, is to have her thyroid level screen. Um, it is a common cause of weight gain in many breeds, um, but also um, especially in these Labradors um, where we can just kind of not maybe eat a lot, but just kind of pack those pounds on over time. Um, and I would certainly personally wish for a thyroid problem to, to lose weight uh, if we could all take a magical pill. But, uh, you know, if that is a problem, I would hate for you to miss that and uh, not have that evaluated. Uh, another question I have. She expects to treat every time that she goes to the bathroom. That's my fault because I. Every time, whoa! Every time she goes to the bathroom. You said every time she goes to the bathroom, right? Every time oh. that I get out of the truck and I come back oh, in, okay. You know, I give her a, a biscuit. Now I used to give her the medium-sized biscuits. I cut her down to the puppy ones. Okay. Okay. Well, here we go to the nitty-gritty. Now the truth comes out, Rick. Now I know what the problem is. Definitely. She's being overtreated. Definitely. So uh, I guess that's the first and foremost thing. You're doing exactly what my mother did. Every time the doggy went outside, even if it wasn't, he didn't do anything, he would fake it to get a cookie. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> We called them cookie runs in our house because my dog was so smart. He'd run out, come back in, get a cookie. And I'm like, Mommy didn't do anything. And she'd be like, he tried. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, indefinitely, I would say we want to go to a high-fiber uh, biscuit. So, puppy, if you're talking small, that's great. Um, but if you're talking made for puppies, yeah, those are probably higher calories, and we don't need to go there. We can try substituting other things. So, you can try uh, those little fresh baby carrots. That's a great little treat um you know you can look at her daily food amount the what you're feeding her and take one kibble out and remember that you can't add more in for the day measure out her feeding amount and if you're giving her a piece of goodie every time she goes outside she may not have anything to left over to eat at the end of the day so you may want to rethink your reward system for like, how about just like a good girl good girl <laughs> or something exactly. like that she'll look at me and look at the treat box and look at me and look at the treat box. Uh. This is where, Rick, it takes tough love. And I can tell you, I got those big brown eyes from my Labradors, too. I treat them maybe one out of a 100 times when they do something on a command. And that's all it takes. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Mm -hmm. 
Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. It's Animal Radio, and uh, last hour we had Allison Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's daughter, on the phone. She's, uh, she's a foster failure. <laughs> fanatic fanatic yeah that was the word i was yeah. looking for on the foster failure in fact her dad clint eastwood just adopted what do you think a chihuahua that's hilarious a chihuahua you can't imagine clint eastwood with a chihuahua i can know you? how cute you'd expect a bigger dog this hour dave baker will be joining us and he has a website that it's a database of pet food recalls and if your food's ever been recalled you can find out at the website if it's never been recalled you can also find out at his website i imagine a lot of work to put something like that together and i mean he has a lot of different things on his website it's just not all pet food recalls yeah but this is what's really intriguing i've I've never seen another site with uh, any kind of recall list like this Mm mm-hmm so we'll talk to him in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Miss Lori Brooks in the Animal Radio newsroom, what are you working on for this hour? Well, there's something out there called a BFR or BFRs. Has nothing to do with <laughs> big deals or best friends. Okay. Um, but it can be very, very, very dangerous to your cat. I can't even imagine now. Uh, hang on. I will hang on. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stick around today. Uh, let's go to the phones for calls for Dr. Debbie right now. All right, let's go to it. And we have Lorraine on the phone. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm in Huntington Beach. Oh, listening on coast. How can we help you? Well, I have a cat that brought home a feral cat that's going to have kittens any day. Oh, wow. How oh, nice. Yeah, it's, she's beautiful, too. But um, I'm just not sure if there's anything I should know or do, or should I just let nature take its course? Well, I got to ask you, you said your cat brought home a cat, so like went out and picked up some kind of uh, stray kitty and said, hey, come to my house, I got a good deal, and I'm going to let you stay there. Exactly. Well, that's how I got him. Oh. So, yeah, I've had him for two years now. He, um, yeah, so we're pretty fortunate. Um, So is he neutered? He's not, no. Okay, so maybe it's his woman then, huh? Right, that's right. (laughs) Well, that's what happened, yeah, I'm sure, because this happened once before, like a year and a half ago. Okay. So, um, anyway, we're not, um, I'm not, I'm just not sure what to do. Okay. Like, um, she's outside, and she does let me, you know, pet her, and she does come in to feed, to eat, and, um, you know, she's pettable now, Mm -hmm. but, um... You know, I don't know if I should try to keep her in or, you know, if I see, do I bring the kittens in when she has them, if she has them where I can find them. Okay. Um, well, there's a, a lot of possibilities here. And I guess um, some of this depends on your degree and interest of, in involvement. Okay. Because we know that kittens that are birthed and live outside are going to be more likely to become feral. Right. And they're also going to be more likely to, uh, you know, die uh, due to predators, infections, and exactly. so forth. So yeah. if you are prepared to take this new family into your home, then I would have a couple of suggestions. Okay. One would get this boy neutered. Yes, I know. Yes. That's very important. Otherwise, he's going to keep impregnating females, and you right. have a population explosion problem there. So right. that would be number one. Number two for her is I would set her up in kind of her own private area. And if she's is she tame where you can handle her, or is she just no, tolerant I'd of like people? No, I say I can pet her, 
and she does come in to feed and that, but I tried to keep her in the house the other night, and she just went, like, ballistic. Yeah, yeah. She just was and, trying to, you know, she was trying to scratch out the door, and um, she just went crazy. She laid down for a little while, and she'd pace, and then she'd want, you know, figure she was trapped again or something, and so I can't pick her up. Um, okay. Right. But you know, like I say, she so, does come in. She's she keeps she stays pretty much in the backyard right now. She's found a tree that she kind of she's it's actually in a big pot, and she she's in that like right now and all the all of the time almost now. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, I don't know if she'll have the kittens somewhere that's familiar with her. Or, um, when yeah. So. The, the trick is that, you know, if, like I said, if you are going to try to help, you know, get these kittens placed into homes, I will. Yeah, we, we, will. we need to, we need to have human involvement with these kittens when they're very young and they need to be taken away from mom at a young age. Oh, okay. So that's, that's very important because they will start to assume kind of those feral tendencies of their mother. Okay. So, so that is very important. And, and if that's not something you're prepared for, I would certainly get um, on board with some, um, you know, rescue groups in, in town yeah. um, to see if they can assist you in that no, endeavor. Because that's... I'm, I'm at home and I, we pretty much did it the first time we had, she had four kittens and um, I'm just yep. concerned with this cat not being, you know, do I, like you just said, I take the kittens from her and do I hand feed them or? Well, I... usually I would let them, you know, become weaned by mom. And that starts okay. to happen between four to six weeks. But during okay. that time, it would be important to have the kittens used to human contact. Okay, so, right. you know, okay. And that's why if mom is in the house, you have some control over that. If that's not possible, you know, you have to realize that some um, feral cats would become disturbed if you keep handling the, the babies. If, if she's cool with that, then great. Then I would certainly handle those babies all that's throughout okay. um, their, their kittenhood. Um, and, and you also asked about pregnancy-wise. And um, cats, fortunately, more so than dogs, um, delivery tends to go off without a hitch. But they do certainly have potentials to have uh, complications and, and do occasionally need C-sections for delivery. So um, my general guidelines with that are really um, that most labor in cats, and this is specific for cats, should be over within six hours from the time the first kitten is born to the last um, each kitten, you know, may t- take anywhere from 30 to maybe 60 minutes to be delivered. Um, okay. So if we have a mom that's pushing beyond that, um, then that could be the sign that she's having a difficult labor and that she needs to see a veterinarian, which opens a whole new ball game for you. Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And for the for catching her. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when she has these kittens outside, which I presume she's going to do, do I? If I do, I pick those kittens up and bring them in and put them in an area, and will she come in and feed them? Hopefully, yeah, you can certainly try that and see. And especially if you offer kind of a kind of a quiet area where they have some bedding, they have food and water indoors, and that might help to facilitate her becoming more accepting of things. Thank uh, you. It, it's just okay. going to depend on kind of what kind of mom and what her behavior is. But okay. yeah, the more we can handle these babies, the better chance that they're going to be well socialized, adoptable cats. Okay, and then. And the other thing to remember is mom needs to get spayed ASAP after okay, delivery. Okay, yeah. So well, I don't cats know if we're, can... we're going to end up keeping her or not. I mean, it yeah. depends on her, you know, what she might well, disappear after she has these kittens. I don't know that she's going to stay. 
Yeah. Um, well, I the thing to realize is that, you know, she's just going to go on and keep populating your immediate environment. So um, if you can't step forward, then I would certainly get animal health authorities involved because she can get pregnant while she's nursing. So it doesn't mean she won't get knocked up right away. So that's why I'm saying, you know, you're going to want to get the babies away from her, get her spayed. And that, you know, if you can't afford getting into that, that's where, you know, looking to see if you've got a feral cat coalition in your area or if the shelters offer those kind of services for a neighborhood or in a community area. Oh, my God, you've been so helpful, right? so many things to think about, too. I know. (laughs) I I figured, you know, there would be, um, I just, you know, I just, you know, is she going to have these kittens outside? Do they, do they pick a place, like I say, that she's familiar with, or is she going to go completely somewhere else? That, that I don't think is so much what I can predict for you. It's, it's going to be usually cats and dogs will seek out areas where they can nest. So they, they look for bedding materials. They usually look for a quiet area that is protected. And in the outdoor situation, I would say she's probably going to look for a place that's safe from predators, right. from other cats. or um, We have possums, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that in our area in Huntington Beach. So Yeah. All right. Well, Lorraine, I'm going to tell you the number one thing you need to do as a responsible pet owner is get your male cat neutered. That's very important because if you're having this girl hang out, she's going to get, he's going to knock her up again. So you got to get that done. And whatever you can do to help this female kitty and her babies is great. It's wonderful. And I'm, I'm sure your neighbors appreciate it as well, but you do need to take care of your male cat. Make sure he's not, you know, Okay, contributing to the population issue. Yeah, we, okay. I promise we will this time. Thank you, Lorraine. We appreciate it. Let us know how it goes. Send us pictures when it all happens. We'll post them over at our Facebook page. We did that once. We uh, we brought a feral cat mm-hmm. onto our balcony, and we put them in a cage, a, large, a very... very large cage, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, actually put a camera in there and let them be. So we, we didn't bother her. She didn't feel that she was, her space was being invaded or anything like that. And we'd watched them silently off on the side from the camera. And the kittens we had to uh, take away from the mom. At four weeks. At four <laughs> weeks. So we still had to bottle feed. And the kittens turned out to be very uh, human-friendly Loving, loving, adorable furballs. Yes. So it's yeah. that's why it's so important to do it at a young age to get them away from mom. At a, exactly. You wait to eight or even twelve weeks, and then you lose that window of opportunity to make them yep. social, yep. adaptable. Mm-hmm. Let's head back to the phones for your calls. Uh, by the way, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Doctor Debbie's book. Her Kindle book is How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend for all of these four breeds here, and we have links from Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Guests at a Missouri restaurant complained when one of the patrons was monkeying around. Well, mostly because he's an actual monkey. Debbie Rose of Springfield says Richard, her monkey, gives her the emotional support she needs to overcome an anxiety disorder. Without Richard, she wouldn't feel comfortable enough to go out in public, shop for groceries, or eat in a restaurant. The local health department determined that Richard wasn't a service animal because he wasn't trained to do a specific task. But a representative from the Justice Department in Washington said a case could be made for the emotional support that Richard, the monkey, gives his owner. Until they sort it out, sounds like Debbie and Richard may have to hit the drive-thru. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals 
Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584-877-247-1584-877-247-1584. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. It's Animal Radio. Coming up, something that's important for any dog owner. If you feed your animals, and cats too, if you feed your animals food, and most of us generally feed our animals food, it's part of the taking it's care a of animals. requirement. It is a requirement. <laughs> then you'll want to be listening to our guest coming up in a few minutes, Dave Baker. He has the recall list since, well, 2007 of all the foods that have been recalled and the foods that have not been recalled, and he's posted them publicly on his website. He wants to tell you all about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, but before that, we're going to do a quick check of the news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? i got a story coming up on the, oh, if you're wealthy enough to pay for all of it, uh, some of these incredible <laughs> things that you can you can acquire to make your life easier and your pet's life fantastic. Oh. Say maybe, uh, yeah, swimming lessons for Sw- your pet. Swimming lessons. Yeah, a wow. pet chiropractor or psychiatrist. <laughs> Um, uh, matching, matching manicures with your dog. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The, the price card on that. I got to tell you, I can't even pay for my own psychotherapist, no less my animal psychotherapist, but that's all the way. I know that's weird. I bet. I guess we love our animals now. They're like family. So we're treating them like family. We do. Yes. Uh, That's on the way. Let's hit the phones right now. And we head to Lorena. Hi, Lorena. How are you doing today? Well, I have a cat that's been very, very sick. He got in a cat fight. He's a year old, and um, he ended up staying in the hospital for like a week and antibiotics and everything. Well, he's getting better now, but when I let him outside, he goes and starts eating rocks, like little slate rocks. Wow. Okay, yeah. Okay, Uh, and is he... Is he having any digestive problems? Any kind of vomiting, changing his stools? Um, he was vomiting, and then he stopped. Um, no, his stools look good. Okay. All righty. And you said he's a year old, and is he neutered? Yes, yes. He, he got is. neutered um, in June, okay. and he's still on antibiotics. He's been on antibiotics for like a month and a half because he was really, really sick. He had big old pussy mm. holes just popping out all over, you know. Okay. All right. Well, I will tell you that, you know, there can be some kitties that do this strange behavior, what we call pica, where they eat unusual things, whether they're, you know, things like rocks or uh, plastics or household items or you name it. 
Um, and that can be a behavioral problem, but I would actually be a bit concerned with your baby that we might have something else going on. And um, some of the common causes of a cat doing this and eating such strange things can actually be something as simple as being anemic, having a low red blood cell count. For some reason, it triggers an instinctive response, and the animals try to eat things unusual. And that may be that they're trying to rebuild iron or something in their body, um, but that can be a common cause. So for me, I, any kitty that does this, I would pull a blood panel, check that, see what his blood count looks like. It wouldn't hurt if he hasn't already been tested for kitty leukemia and kitty AIDS to double check. He has. has. Good, good. Yes, because Um, um, they checked him before I put all this money in him because he was a barn cat. And he said, before you go to putting all this money in him, we're going to check him. And he's good on leukemia and his blood count looks good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when he was so, so sick, I switched his cat food because mm-hmm. he wasn't eating his dry food. I don't know. He's just so weak, but I put him on um, the soft food. Yeah, and, and and that's where I was asking if he had digestive things because also malabsorptive problems, digestive problems, whether that's something short-term that's a result from his illness or if he's got something on just kind of ongoing. Um, but uh-huh. uh, diet management, so keeping him on a food that he can digest well that produces good poops. In some kitties, I will also, if they're doing this just as a therapy, I will try vitamin B injections. Um, cobalamin okay. is the specific B vitamin. And, and do that um, at least on a weekly basis just to see if that helps helps. If it does, that may give us some um, support that he's got something more digestive in nature that we need to investigate and to look at. Um, and that's something your vet can do pretty easily. Okay. Now, um, so I would also lost a lot of weight. Is there something I can do to help him gain weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of this is going to go back to getting him through this illness, so making sure his health plane is good. I will often, even if we don't see worms, I deworm a kitty. Um, that also helps to treat for some of those worms we can't see, like stomach worms, which never even oh. passed in the stool, um, and they pick up from eating insects and things like snails and so forth. So uh, deworm him. I'd see about those B vitamin injections, and then okay. um, make make sure that, um, you know, you stay on top of that, that red count. So if he's still not pulling around, I may even want to recheck that CBC just to make sure he doesn't have a problem there. And then, you know, a lot of it's also going to be a little bit of human supervision and kind of keeping him on either harness if you need to when he's outdoors. Um, if he's not where he's 100% well yet, I, I really wouldn't recommend him have full rain outside. Um, that might just be a little too much freedom for him right now that he could get into trouble and you can't supervise what he's ingesting at, at that point. So yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't stray far from the house because he's so weak. Uh, we just put him out, you know, so he can get some sunlight and walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep him away from that gravel. <laughs> we don't want him eating that gravel because then we'll have another whole problem to deal with we, there. We have like slate. It's like a slate rock, and there's only certain spots that he goes to eat this. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's that maybe something that's more of an instinct that he's triggering, that he's feeling like he needs to get some important minerals, iron, and so forth. Okay. So um, keep that leash, you know, in your hand. You can control where he goes, and just limit those times of exercise outside where you know he's going to be safe and he's not going to get into that. So I'll give your baby a pat. My goodness, it sounds like he's been through a lot medically going on there. Thanks for your call, Lorena. Good luck with that. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app. 
for iPhone and Android. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-autopay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. If you heard us teasing this earlier, we're going to talk about what those BFRs are. Yes. Uh, Your cat, yeah, it turns out, is a repository for chemicals found in your home. And as as scientists suspected, tests show that harmful chemicals can actually accumulate in the blood of normally healthy cats. Researchers found significantly elevated levels of these BFRs, which are brominated flame retardants. Um, And they found these in the cat blood samples. What they are is um, a class of chemical compounds that are used to make electronics, clothing, uh, furniture, I imagine even carpeting, less combustible or more flame retardant, to put it the other way around. The latest research in the journal Environmental Science and Technology shows that these BFRs can become dust particulates and then enter the bloodstreams of indoor cats. And, and also think about this, because of their tendency to put anything and everything in their mouths, toddlers and small children also have exposure levels of uh, similar exposure levels of these BFRs to house cats. Mm. So what do BFRs do once they're in your cat's body? Well, for felines, they are known to be endocrine disruptors, which can lead to thyroid disease later on in life. And thyroid cancer, I've had a couple of pets who've had that. That's not That's not a fun thing to go through either. Well, when two Hartford, Connecticut police sergeants got a bad tip long time ago about illegal weapons on the Harris family's property, this was more than a decade ago, the family says the police came onto their property with their guns out of their holsters and they were looking for an abandoned car with a weapons stash. But that did not exist. So the search turned up nothing, and it was fine until as the officers were leaving, the family's daughter accidentally let out one of their St. Bernard's out the back door, and the dog approached the unfamiliar officers in his own territory, and the dog was shot twice in front of the daughter, the girl. The Harris family then sued police there, stating that uh, this legal battle then continued for 11 long years. But now, after all that time and these multiple trials that happened, the city of Hartford has finally agreed to settle the case for nearly $900,000, three quarters of which the family says will go to legal fees. But, you know, we hear about this kind of story, exactly that same story, um, a lot. So if you see police at your door and they're, you know, you can't imagine why they're there and you have a dog, I think I would 
put them away in a room and make sure that those two never came in contact, your dog and the police officers. Hmm. That's sad. It is, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Hey, when it, when a New York shoe designer brought home two poodle puppies recently, poodle puppies, uh, she knew that she had her hands full. Uh, one puppy's enough, but admittedly, this woman who was 55 said she was a, a terrible disciplinarian. So like many dog owners who you know don't really want the responsibility, she called a trainer. She wanted to make sure it was done right, and she enrolled the pups in one week of boot camp at the cost of $4,600 for one week for both these puppies. No way. I swear, this is in New York and uh, New York City with the option of adding ongoing maintenance for $8,000 a month. God, I could could just do one dog and that would be enough for me. (laughs) Really, that's like more than my year. Yeah. Um, But boot camps aren't the only services you know, and trainers that pampered pooches, and we owners can pay for these days. There are things like swimming lessons, food delivery services, chiropractors, even shrinks. And if you're like me, I, I always think it's fun to know how much stuff costs, just in case I'm interested. So, for example, let's see, you can have your vet in New York City make a house call, and that, just for them to come to your house, is 250 bucks. Wow. Um a pet chiropractic visit. Uh, and I would say, you know, a small animal because it would be a different price if it were a horse. Uh, but about $75 and $100 if you're going to sign your dog up to have a massage. For $80, <laughs> though, this company called Doggy Day Trips will take your furry child on a hiking excursion to a state park nearby or the dog store's summer camp. They will take your dog to the beach and give swimming lessons for 150 bucks a day. But, but that's really a good deal. And that includes chauffeur service. Of course. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Sure. There's a, a pet psychiatrist in Brooklyn who treats anxiety, aggression, fear, even depression in dogs. And he's got more of a flat rate uh, scale pay structure. It's $650 per case. And, and that, but I mean, think about it. I mean, that could go on forever. I'd rather have a flat rate if you have a psycho dog. Um, <laughs> and that will, it, it usually includes, he says, one visit as well as however many follow-up phone calls. And moms, you can even treat your dog to nail art that matches your own manicure. There is one grooming salon in New York City that charges $30 for a pet pedicure. That's reasonable. And s- yeah, $75 if you have it done with rhinestones. Okay. Not bad, huh? Okay, oh I would do that. I, you know, I knew Judy would be first in line <laughs> to sign up for that. Uh, oh, boy. And then she would need the psychoanalysis yeah. the dog would afterwards and yes. all that. <laughs> well, I can't have any more dogs until I get another job, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> have fun, guys. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Let's uh, hit up John. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh, taking the call. What's going on? Uh, Just a quick question. Uh, I have a 10-year-old dog. 
just got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid. Um, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just worried, wondering if that's something I need to check out. Yeah. Now, what kind of doggie? I'm sorry. She's a, a, a mutt from the pound and likes that for and I got her off the res, and I'm told okay. she's cowdy mix. Okay. And is the lump, is it on the inside of the eye, on the outside? What what uh, area coming in it's from the, the nose outside. to the side? On the outside. Okay. Well, Lower eyelid. The, the good majority of, of little masses along a dog's eyelid, they tend to be benign growths. Um, and of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. So that's by far the, the biggest um, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, Sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a color, cauliflower-like growth off of them, and they can rub on the eye. So um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. If you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of things. Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited. Um, if they're pigmented, kind of a black, color, sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma, a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid. Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area, um, like squamous cell carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, um, that, so that's my you, argument. Would, you, would, they, would they zap it off and, and test sometimes. it? Or what would they yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs will <laughs> okay. sit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple things. We can, if it's root large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, an electrocautery. At my office, we have a laser that we use, and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface. So that technique can you can be used for some of the smaller um, or less uh, less serious ones. If we're worried that it's a more serious tumor, we're going to probably go for that V wedge because we want to get nice, clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul. How so, much yeah, can you so tell I, by looking at it? If you if I, if I brought her into the office, can you look at it and say oh, it looks like this or it looks like that? In some cases, yeah. Um, usually, um, but I would say just because the great majority of these type of tumors are meibomian gland tumors. And, you know, the breed sometimes gives us some clues because we know that there are um, some dogs like poodles, cocker spaniels, um, collies that tend to get these um, benign eyelid tumors a little bit more frequently. So um, if we've got that, there's sometimes a little bit of the odds game we can play to, to help. And I, that may not help your situation since you have a mixed breed dog. Um, but uh, well, potentially. Yeah, I was wondering whether or not to make an appointment, so it sounds like I should. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely encourage you. And, you know, it could be something we can handle pretty simply. Um, and just sometimes a little bit of, you know, monitoring, watching, and waiting uh, is acceptable for these type of things. Beautiful. I will uh, keep an eye on it, but I'll, I guess I'll make an appointment for next week as well. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it. Thanks for the call, John. This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll head back to the phones for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Volani. But first, I want to visit with Dave Baker. And Dave has a website called Petful, P-E-T-F-U-L. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Hi, Hal. Pretty good. How are you? Very good. So what is the site all about? What made you create it? What is it? It's about pets. It's about um, we try to present resources and information for people with pets and try to give them um, some veterinarian written articles. And we also just try to have a good time and have some fun stuff. We are tremendous believers in supporting animal welfare causes. So we, um, you know, we make some money from advertising and we take a lot of that and we give it back to the animal welfare community and yeah i mean that's puffle in a nutshell i'll tell you why i love the site and i was immediately attracted to it because there are a lot of pet sites out there let's mm-hmm. face it sure you, your site has something that i just have not seen yet it has a list of recalled food dog food recall list these are foods that have been recalled and it also allows you to look up your food to see if it ever has been recalled. And I think this is something that I have not seen anywhere else. It must have taken an enormous amount of research to do that. Right. Well, we're we're working on it and we're continuing to build out the brand search thing. But we've been following recalls um, for a very long time, actually. Uh, We have information up from, you know, pre-2007. 2007 being a pretty key point in that sort of um, in pet food recalls because of the the huge uh, menu foods yep. recall that left uh, hundreds of pets dead um, because of some tainted food that came over from China. Yeah, that was the melamine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, in, right. does your site, because there's a lot of food recalls that can occur, say, due to contamination from salmonella, does it also track foods when they're recalled due to, say, an ingredient imbalance, where they say there's too much vitamin D and that could be dangerous for the animals? Sure. I mean, it gives causes. Um, you can't really look it up at this point. You can't look it up by a certain type of, you know, a reason. Just but, whether it's been recalled or not. Right. If it hasn't been recalled, it's also listed there, right? Right. Uh, this is a new thing we started probably, uh, well, a couple of years ago. 
we said, well, people should be able to look it up, buy their brand, just do a quick search and see. Even when they're just standing, you know, in the in the pet store, looking at foods, they can go to their phone and just do a quick search. So you can search, uh, you know, uh, your brand. We'll say wellness, and if it's been recalled, it'll show that there are recalls, and it'll give a list of all the recalls that are, that we've found over the years. Are you? And a- if it hasn't, it'll also say so. It'll say hasn't been recalled yet. Are you astounded at the amount of recalls? It can be overwhelming at times, but you really have to kind of put it into perspective. I mean, there are really two ways you can look at it. You can say, well, foods are being recalled because there's a lot of bad things going on with the manufacturers and the ingredients. Or you can say, well, you know, the system of inspections and and the oversight is is working like it should. So (laughs) I get that totally. Because you could be the optimist here, Hal. <laughs> well, no, I, I'll tell you why I get that is I also get recalls for human foods, too, uh, in my email box. And that happens. There are dozens a week. So there's right. a tremendous amount of food that's being recalled, both human and pet foods. I think we did a story last year looking at the, the top-selling pet foods on Amazon. You know, I call them the most popular foods. And we, we saw that um, all but two of the top ten uh, had had recalls at some point over the years. Wow. Have you noticed anything among those seemingly, I guess, rare ones that, that haven't had any recalls? Have you, have you noticed that they have anything in common? Um, no, there hasn't. There's not really a common thing other than, I mean, obviously, pet food manufacturers are very concerned about quality. I think you can say that about any of them. I mean, uh, one, Did one you really just say that? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't believe that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say no that, because um, I, Dave, I read the the report on the Avengers recall and you know okay. what had preceded that with uh, the USDA inspections and stuff. And I can't imagine walking into that plant, just walking in there, knowing that there were no bathroom facilities indoor and there were no facilities where people could use a restroom and wash their hands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was, then that plant was built so poorly that th- there were places they could not even get to to clean. And it, you know, it kept coming up in inspection after inspection. Um, right. That's really scary. It makes me, it grosses me out, really, I guess. We, we did find it very disturbing. We followed that pretty closely. Do you find that a lot of these recalls, some of them will happen two or three in a row, all because of the same problem? Three different brands, what are they sourced from the same place or at the same plant? Is that what usually happens? Why they're all recalled at once? Sure, that, that happens often. Uh, a lot of these foods are what they call co packed together. Um, they're made basically made by the, the same facility or in the same place. And so they'll have something like a piece of metal gets in one of the cans. And then the other, you know, some of the other brands just that were produced around the same time in the same facility, they'll also have a recall. Check out the website, petful.com, P-E-T-F-U-L.com. Dave, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Thank you. Well, there you go. That's all we have time for today. If you need to get your fix, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. It's new, it's improved, and it's updated. And we'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.